From Amaya Media, you're listening to CSR of One. I'm Courtney Brandt. This episode is about an activity with kids that is often overlooked in today's modern world. We sat down with Fahid Fatuhi, chief camper of Fathers and Kids Camping. Celebrating their 10th year, this outdoor-oriented group is all about getting back to nature in a sustainable way. With a specialization in bringing fathers and their children closer, the group gets together for adventures and challenges. Since they started, Fathers and Kids Camping have designed and implemented events that involve camping weekends in various locations across the Arabian Gulf. Select members of the group have also traveled to other countries for service-oriented projects. They've also organized technical workshops like first aid, falconry, surfing, and off-road driving. The events are member-driven, nonprofit, and geared towards encouraging children to experience the outdoors, push their boundaries, build friendships, and cultivate a closer bond with their fathers. I grew up in Canada, and growing up, I would go uh, camping with my family. And it was, a, it was a lot of fun. It was just the adventure, the exploration, the unknown, nature. Really enjoyed it. And coming here, um, I had uh, I started having kids. I had initially one and then two. And then before long, there was three of them. <laughs> and I felt the need to kind of do something other than taking to shopping malls and, you know, having them sit in front of TV over the weekend. So I said, let's do this. Let's start going out in the desert. So we started, you know, informally with some friends and um, with their families. And then one year for my youngest son, Cyrus, uh, who was at that time four, I had organized a trip for his school, for his class year, where the fathers and the kids would go camping, and we'd give the moms a break for the weekend. And all the dads and their kids showed up, and we went into a, you know, the desert, and we had fun. Interestingly, one of the dads didn't get the memo, and he brought his wife with him. <laughs> so, so you was, have nothing but fathers and yeah, sons. And he had like 22 dads <laughs> and one wife. There it was just awkward for everyone. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's very awkward. Uh, well, well, nevertheless, we did it again and um, and really enjoyed it. The kids got to really mingle. The parents, the fathers got to mingle and, you know, just, you know, let loose. And then we decided to make it more of a routine event where we would get together once or twice or three times per school year and then do it. And then over time, some of the dads started to introduce their own friends. And so organically, it started to change whereby... Some of the you know dads fell off, and other dads got added in. But fundamentally, the uh, the group stayed kind of a group of about on every trip we'd have fifteen to twenty dads and about twenty to thirty children. And uh, over time, there was also a need to kind of keep it kind of you know family focused sure. and not too big. And so we started to kind of cap it. Mm-hmm. We capped it at forty families, and so families would only get added in as families fell off. And that definitely created a sense of commitment and camaraderie and sense of community because you knew who was there, you knew the fathers, you knew the kids. So there was a, people felt safe. Mm-hmm. And um, we grew um, and started to go further and further away. And over time, our kind of, I would say, our three core pillars started to kind of take shape. The first pillar is exploration, which is really take your kids out of their comfort zone and just go and uh, to places we've never been to before. Uh, and then secondly, um, we realized that we live in a very fragile world and that we need to be mindful of our practices, particularly with our children because they're the next generation. So sustainability became the second pillar. 
uh, where we were really mindful of our practices and what we did and started to, over time, adopt policies that were in harmony with nature. For example, if we saw um, you know, wood into the nature, we would leave it in nature. We wouldn't touch it, we wouldn't burn it, because it, there's a whole ecosystem that lives around a log of wood. You know, There's ants, there's scorpions, there's everything depends on it. But as you pointed out, as a, a child growing up in a city or the environment of Dubai, you might not have that opportunity to go into nature to understand that you should leave it the same way. Or And so to have that become a guiding principle that you teach, it's, it's imperative, I would imagine. So important. Yeah. It's so important because some of the kids wouldn't understand it, and then you kind of educate them on this. And also, uh, we started to ban styrofoam. And so for the last six years, we've had no styrofoams. And even if someone brought styrofoam, we'd tell them to bring it back and uh, do not burn or cook with styrofoam. And then over time, we said, actually, no single-use plastic allowed. And so over the last three years, we've not had any single-use plastic. We have our own set of cutlery. Mm -hmm. And the good part is that not only has it dramatically cut our waste, but it also it's enabled us to kind of get into the habit of cleaning after ourselves and like getting the kids involved. So we would have a big meal. And after the meal, if the kids want dessert, they'd have to wash the dishes Mm -hmm. and they make an assembly line and they all get into it. And there's music. It's fun. They wash the dishes. And with those same dishes, they could have the dessert. Mm -hmm. And so the cups, the cutlery, the plates are all reused. And this makes it a lot more sustainable. And the third pillar is sharing. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is, as, as a group, when we go, we make meal teams. And so, Courtney, you were on, a, on one of our trips. You'd be, I would assign you a team. I said, Courtney, you're going to be on the breakfast team. Okay. And there would uh, be a team leader assigned to your team. So mm-hmm. let's say um, I would be the team leader, okay? So I would say, okay, Courtney, we're going to make um, eggs, bacon, and hash browns. And you're going to bring the scrambled eggs and the hash browns. And you would bring enough for everyone. Of course. And so you have to make sure that, you know, there's also... A food that's accommodating for sure. everyone's diet, mm-hmm. which is very important. Some people don't eat certain things. And when you're part of a group, that's that's how you travel, and you need to yeah. know, know and learn about that sort of thing. Exactly. And so we teach the kids you have to be mindful. You, have, you can't just assume everyone eats everything. Mm-hmm. And so the sharing thing works out well because it encourages people to kind of be creative with their food. So so we've had like tagine, we've had waffles, we've had uh, you know Japanese curry. Phenomenal dishes mm-hmm. that our children would never have tasted. Yep. And so it really opens up their culture, their, their horizon in terms of cuisines, uh, away from what they would eat at home. No, and if you're picky and you're in the desert, but the only thing that's being served is not chicken nuggets or pasta, guess what? You're going to eat. Exactly. You're going <laughs> to eat. Absolutely. And also, when you're in the desert, you're going to be doing a lot of exercise, right? Because there's no iPad, there's no TV, there's no couch, Inevitably, you're going to be running around. You're going to be running around the fence. You're going to be playing ball, flying a kite or swimming or hiking. You're going to burn a lot of calories. Come dinner time, you're hungry. Mm-hmm. And if everyone's eating, you're eating, right? You're not going to, dad's, and mom's not around. So, you know, you're going to have to eat what you're going to have to eat because most often dads are a lot less sympathetic to the kids's, <laughs> you know, we won't do overarching gender stereotypes. We won't yes. do it, but typically <laughs> it has to like, dude. They don't have time. <laughs> sweetheart, this is what it is. Everyone's yeah. eating. Yalla, go. Yeah, have I don't fun. want you to go hungry, but you need to eat what's yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. And they get on with it. Yeah. They get on with it. They eat. It's wonderful. And uh, the sharing, though, kind of goes beyond just sharing within the community. Uh, um, a few years ago, we started to um, adopt a sharing with those as privileged and become a more of a 
philanthropic uh, element of sharing. So we partnered with um, Classic Catering, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm, you probably know, Bobby Kapoor, mm-hmm. and 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 supported his Ramadan campaign as one of our first initiatives. I got all the kids involved, all the families, the moms, the dads involved, and that was a great success. And we started to say, okay, this is great. We've done it in Dubai. Let's go beyond our horizon and the places where they really need it, where people are actually starving or they're needing basic needs. And so we started last year with some of the people that you know. We went to Zambia in, in one of the poorest countries in Africa, and we helped bring a, a fundamental resource, which is education. We built a school wing for um, a group of orphans and brought them basic education, as well as we built a computer lab and, and, and furnished it with brand new computers and built a solar power system to power the computer lab. And so the kids went from having nothing to having the most, you know, coolest school in all of the region. Yeah. And I would encourage listeners uh, to go back to season two. It's Dominica uh, Mothers Without Borders. If they wanted to hear more about that, it's an excellent organization. And it does, the impact on that community is is next level. Yeah. And I know you had plans to go uh, to Kenya this year, but the world being what it is. That's right. Um, hopefully that will happen in the future. Yes. Yes. We always partner with a local NGO. And last year we partnered with Mothers Without Borders, which is a fantastic U.S.-based NGO mm-hmm. doing great work on the ground. And this year, um, we wanted to find another NGO. We partnered with Project Magi. Magi is Swahili for water. And we partnered with them to bring uh, drinking water to communities that are in distress and where there is you know, no water uh, available to the, to the kids and to the communities. And Dominica, who participated last year, was a you know, key figure in this year's uh, crusade to kind of bring our group there. And hopefully we will still do that once the situation normalizes. But again, it's all about sharing, especially sharing with those that's privileged. And when we, we when it became clear that we could not go to Kenya, and we then you know started looking closer at home and saying, you know, there's been a lot of people that have been affected by COVID, and a lot of people have lost their jobs, particularly blue collar workers who don't have a safety net to fall on. And how what could we do to help them? And once again, we went back to Bobby Kapoor and Classic Catering. And this time we partnered with a payment app called the Kiddo app, mm-hmm. which is also part of the Fathers and Kids Camping. And we built a beautiful partnership where we brought his kitchen to make the food, and the Kiddo app to pay for the food, and the UAE Food Bank to then distribute the food to those in need. And we named it uh, Curry for covid and to really bring a warm meal to those who have been negatively impacted by the whole COVID epidemic. And we might explore that later. It does sound like something as a foodie that I would, would love to get into. <laughs> you should. If nothing else, you should definitely have uh, some of Bobby's curry. Yes. It's delicious. I had it for my birthday. His company is called Catalyst Enterprises. And one of the businesses is Classic Catering. They do fantastic curries which I would definitely uh, yeah. recommend. So um, for those that are listening, what's kind of your youngest? Um, what, are, what are we looking at for ages? And is it just sons and fathers or daughters kind of in the yeah, mix yeah. too? Yeah, we call it fathers and kids okay. because it's inclusive to uh, for both boys and girls. And roughly half the, I would say 60% are, are boys, 40% are girls. Uh, they range from uh, about four, mm-hmm. three to four. We've had as young as three years old that you kind of get in there, all the way until teenagers. Okay. Our, we had one of our oldest veterans, uh, Adriano, who had been there for the longest time, just going 
off to university in the U.S. Uh, and he'd been with us for many, many years. So they start young and they go all the way into the teenage years. And it's just wonderful to see them grow. I mean, my own son started when he was four. He's now 14. And uh, it's been a beautiful portrait to kind of like a prism to see a child grow year after year and with a group of mates uh, and how they've evolved and changed and became friends. Yeah. So um, kind of I'm interested in the nitty gritty of this. Um, How did you, I guess, formalize the process? Because I think a lot of people out there have amazing ideas for the community um, like yours. Uh, They found this group. They've connected with them. How did you when did you realize, like, I, I want to take this to the next level? I guess it's um, uh, we've always tried to keep it simple and also try to keep it organic. And so we grow evol- in an evolutionary fashion. And so maybe uh, around five years ago, when it became like a, a serious endeavor and what was taking significant part of my time, you know, I, I created the group uh, and I created the registry. And I said, okay, guys, you are now the official of 40. And that anyone who has to come on has to basically take a seat from someone who exits. And that's when the kind of like the group really uh, became more cohesive. And as it is like now, it is, remains an informal group. Right? It, we're not an enterprise. We're, we're not like trying to make a profit. It's really uh, focused on bringing our children outside into nature to push their boundaries and to create warm, wonderful family experiences. So in the future, when the world is back to normal and we can get back into, we, we can get into nature now, but when we go to nature as a group, um, if I'm interested and I have children, what's the best way to kind of approach or be become part of your group? Yes. So you basically, you express your interest and uh, it, because there's a vetting process, there's a two-tier vetting process. First, you would need uh, the informal vetting process where you need two members to vouch for you mm-hmm. because we want to make sure that there's a lot of quality control. There's a lot of flaking that goes on to you. And, and I hate to see it too, where I set something up and I work hard or a friend's done something. And then even when I'm at canine friends, the first thing I tell people is if you're not going to show up, don't, don't bother. And it's fine if you can't commit, but there are so many people that are interested in doing this and we need you to be there. Yes, exactly. You want commitment. Yes. You want people that you can rely on. So once you have the two members uh, vouch for you, you come and bar in, and then you you take part in your first trip, and then there there's some additional vetting that's taking place to make sure you're kind of, you know, you have the dexterity, the commitment, the dedication to really stick it through, and then most people kind of pass that, and then you're part of the family. And the beautiful part is that you know once once families join, they stick together because whilst the uh, the weekends really involves the fathers taking their kids away, often what happens is that uh, not the moms not only are given a chance to kind of put up their feet and relax, but also have an opportunity to the moms themselves get together, socialize without having to worry about, you know, getting a babysitter or having to be woken up early in the morning yeah. because of some kid coming in the bed. Really kind of recharge their batteries. Mm-hmm. So it's a really c- complete solution for the children the moms and the dads. Yeah. So it's a, are you one night only? So on a Friday, everyone kind of meets at a, gets to a meeting point and everyone's coming with the supplies that they've been assigned and then you'd come back on Saturday or is it a two night? Yes. Most <laughs> trips are one night. Okay. Most trips are one night. Every year though, we do do a couple of two nighters and every year we also have at least one overseas trip. 
So uh, this year we were on schedule to have two trips. We organized a ski trip to Georgia in February, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. We brought about 40 people from Dubai to Georgia. We had a, you know, we went to a resort and had a fantastic time, taught the kids how to ski, you know, brought a new culture, new cuisine. They had a great time. And then a month later we were on schedule to go to Kenya. Yeah. And that was going to be a 10-day trip, five days of hard work, and then five days of safariing up in, you know, the, the savannah and the Masai Mara. Mm -hmm. So there's always lots of adventures uh, planned. Yeah. Looking forward, is this something you see that could grow into different cities, or are you going to kind of keep it here? Or what does kind of the next... All things being positive and optimistic, what does the next kind of year look like, do you think? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I've, many people have always asked me, are you going to expand this out the cities? And, you know, uh, for me, for myself, really, this is also about family and it's about me spending time with my kids. Really, as a primary objective yes. is to strengthen the bond with my children. And so I'd rather focus on that and making sure that the Dubai group is really strong and that the families mm -hmm. that are participating in Dubai really gain a lot. And if it grows over time into other cities, this will be through the members that who themselves go back home in Australia and UK and do the thing. And in fact, there have been some already gatherings of alumni members who have been in London or other countries who are getting together and kind of replicating this model. And my hope is that the kids who once they grad you know, they graduate themselves will have the roots of nature and the passion for nature for themselves to do this which for me would be the ultimate sense of gratification. Any funny stories? <laughs> well, we have had many adventures and, and many unfortunate or unexpected uh, mm -hmm. events. For example, we've had you know a kid break his arm. We've had some cars tip over. Recently, we had a dad who got bitten by a scorpion and we were like trying to Google quickly how to fix it. And surely enough, he survived yeah. and he's still with us today. <laughs> His name is Gups. He's one of our more, you know, strong, yeah. strong built uh, fathers. And every time something happens and we approach it the same way with laughter, mm -hmm. with camaraderie and with a sense of, okay, let's, let's fix this. And, yeah. you know, those are the ones you remember, you know, like with, when you have your, you know, two your car turnover or yeah, something, your yes. cars flipped over yeah. or you've had wheels kind of like fly away and, Everyone just huddles around and say, okay, how are we going to do this? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the best part, you know, yeah. overcoming adversity. Uh, and that's what, that's what you remember. And it's without the comforts too. You know, we think now, oh, I can pick up a phone or I can, you know, flip on the air con or take a shower. Or and when you go into the desert or the mountains or the ocean or wherever you come out, that's not all those, all those nice things might not be there. And you have to kind of come together as a group and say, what's our next step? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And how do we... How do we fix it together? And you learn to appreciate things like, okay, just being outside, chatting without worrying about your phone, without, you know, having the kid, taking the kids off their iPads because there's no iPads, no iPhones, nothing on these trips. It's purely nature. It's purely chatting with others face-to-face, -face, human interaction. And, and that the beauty of that is you cannot measure it. You cannot put a monetary amount on it. Yeah. No, cutting screen time. I mean, I need to do that in my own life. So it, it's, it's a, that's an all ages kind of thing. So it's good to see that, um, yeah, you could get back and get offline for a weekend. Yeah, it's great for the body, great for the soul. Overall, amazing. The partnerships have come very organically for you, it sounds like, which is great. Because in a city that like this, it doesn't always happen. We have, we have corporate partnerships. For example, we've, we've partnered with Prime Gourmet. 
and where we get a, a discount from them in exchange we all the meat that we cook. People think of CSR, and I think they just think on this huge level with these multinationals. And it can be something as simple as Prime Gourmet. You're going to the desert. You're doing this great thing with families. Sure, we can give you a discount. That's CSR to me. Um, or if there was somebody who was providing cutlery that was, you know, biodegradable or was uh, reusable, that's something that looks like CSR to me. Um, a government entity like the food bank that for the charitable projects you're doing, that's CSR. Okay. Um, and that those have come so organically is, is great to hear. Yeah. Because the reason why the calendar is important, because this is one of our way we, we showcase not just some of the trips we've been on, but some of the corporate partners ah. that have actually partnered with us uh, who are supporting us through uh, in-kind contributions. So for listeners at home, I am opening a beautifully made calendar um, celebrating the 10 years. And so uh, I see that different partners are at the bottom that have uh, clearly you've been in partnership. A lot of names that you would know, MMI, Adventure HQ, uh, Prime Gourmet, One Good Thing. Okay, so... Plenty of people that I know in, in this space. And then um, just some different uh, pictures from the different trips that you've been on. Um, no, it looks incredible. I do not have children. Uh, but I, if I did have kids, this this I think it's a missing space in the UAE that that um, because it can be intimidating to go. I want to go to the desert or I want to go camping or I want to take my kids and do something in nature that's well organized and well thought out but I don't know how to do that on my own. It's taken some time to get here, but what we have now is a beautiful product, very successful. Every trip, it's a great laugh. We really enjoy it. The kids love it. My kids have asked me, Dad, when can we go back? When are we going back camping? And it's just to give the children that, that experience in the UAE, the, to appreciate nature, to appreciate the wilderness that's around us, it's a great experience. If you're interested in joining an upcoming trip, we encourage you to check out the show notes or visit www.fathersandkids.com for further details. You can also find them on similar accounts on social media channels. This episode was hosted by me, Courtney Brandt, and produced by Chirag Desai with support from Abhishek Venkat. You can find out more information about the show by visiting our website, csrof.one, and also follow us on Instagram at csrof.one. Until next week, remember to be nice out there on social media. Think about sharing something for someone else.